There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I think he'll be in the Guinness Book of Records next time it's published because he's produced a book on coronavirus in jig time. It's called Coping with Coronavirus. And I'm delighted to say hello again to Professor of Psychiatry at Trinity College and consultant psychiatrist at Tala Hospital, Dr. Brendan Kelly. Brendan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. Well done to you. My God, this is breakneck speed. You've come out with this book. How many days in total was it? Well, it just took about, just, it took under two weeks. Um, I thought that we needed some guidance regarding protecting our mental health as well as our physical health. And the publisher, Marion Press, I, I never saw a publisher say yes so quickly. And within 10 days, they have, we have this book. Now it's an e-book at the moment. It's available from Amazon and Google Play and Apple and all kinds of places for just a euro and um, proceeds will go to charity. We wanted to make the book free, to be honest, Jerry, but um, the e-book platforms insisted that we charge their minimum price, which we have. So hopefully it will prove helpful to people as we navigate these rather difficult times. It certainly will, because I've been through the book the last couple of days, and it is really spot on. I have to say, well done to you in such a short space of time. And I want to tell listeners, it is number one in Amazon bestsellers today. Am I surprised? Congratulations to you. Let me come back to the whole premise of the book. Yes, you do say in the book, of course, we have the illness, and there's a massive fear around that. But Brendan, the part you're focusing on, the anxiety and panic triggered in our minds, is it even greater than the virus? Well, it it can be. It certainly affects a far greater number of people because literally everybody in the country, or indeed almost everybody on the planet, is anxious or worried to some degree. So absolutely everybody is affected. Now, clearly people with uh, COVID-19 or have a a family member who's ill, they're affected in in another way. But absolutely everybody is affected in one way or other. And what the book is trying to do is to, to acknowledge we should be anxious. There is something to be anxious about, but uh, we need to keep it in proportion and we need to not be disabled by our anxiety because now more than ever, we need to have sort of a level head. We need to try to keep things in proportion and do what we can to remain both physically and mentally well in what looks like it will be a sustained situation for a few more months anyway. You have you have years of experience dealing with all forms of anxieties and you have methods of treating them. But this is quite different, isn't it? Because it's a new scenario. And, you know, you can't I know with a lot of your treatments, you bring people into the situations that they fear or they're anxious about most. You can't do this with this, Brendan. 
No. I mean, for panic disorder, for example, someone getting panicked in the supermarket, our treatment is based on demonstrating there's nothing actually to be afraid of and they can manage their fear. But with this, we must acknowledge there is reason to be anxious. And we have to combat our tendency to be either complacent or panicking. And we need to be somewhere in the middle with a little bit of anxiety to make sure we follow the public health advice and we're careful the way the government advises, but again, that we're not disabled. And one of the very big challenges nowadays with this is managing our knowledge and our information. And I know people, and I'm I'm sure you do too, who are obsessed with every news story, every statistic from every country around the world, every hour of every day. So what I recommend in the book is that we limit our media intake about the global pandemic uh, to just 15 minutes in the morning and 15 in the evening. And between times, we deal with coronavirus to the extent that it impacts on our lives. But we cannot carry around the weight of the global pandemic in our heads every minute through the day because we need to live our lives as best we can and other people need us to our children, our families, and our neighbours. So we need to manage our information, particularly from social media, with extra care. Oh, it's so important what you say there because there's never-ending news rolling on the TVs. As you say, you have your phone by your side. You could be onto this every single minute of the day. And you're right, there are so many misnomers and falsities about this. Really what you're saying is, Brendan, the government and the HSE in this country, they are the people we must listen to. They are the people that we trust. And also, you know, I mean, reputable news outlets, um, you you know, I mean, no more than yourselves Mm. there in LMFM, like when there's some kind of a filter going on, because you see, particularly with social media, for some reason, our brains move towards the most dramatic conspiracy theories, the most outlandish statements. And even though our logical brain might know that it's not true when we look at a a tweet that's clearly not true, even though we dismiss it with our logical brain, it has an impact on us emotionally and it affects our mood. We mightn't realize it at the time, but it does affect us and it all builds up. So managing this and being aware of what we're looking at is particularly important now, given the free-floating anxiety around the place and we do operate a negative filter in the sense that we we seem to move toward the most negative news story we can find rather than sticking with the mainstream reliable news stories that mightn't be so dramatic but they're true there's something you point out and i think it's worth you saying it to our listeners again today because each day we get the numbers of cases in ireland and across the world especially in europe and america and we hear of the fatalities and they are all shocking and it's just unbelievable the numbers who are passing away because of this but you do say early on in this book you give uh, percentages about uh, people recovering and the survival rate would you just remind us of those Yeah, most people who um, contract coronavirus will have a self-limited illness, which means it'll just clear up itself. And that's 90, uh, well, uh, the the, the mortality, the death rate with this is probably between 1% uh, and 2%, maybe even less than 1% because there are so many undiagnosed people. So it's likely that around fewer than one person in 100 who gets this will actually die. And the vast majority of people will not need to go to hospital. So a lot of the public health measures 
um, are making people anxious, you know, particularly older adults staying in their homes. But that's not so much because the virus has a high mortality. It's to prevent it spreading and protect Mm. more vulnerable people. And particularly now to the over 70s who are cocooned, they're really stuck in their houses 100%. And I know a lot of them are very frustrated. Some of them are very angry because it can feel disproportionate. But those people, the over 70s at home, they are frontline workers in controlling this pandemic. And they should never forget that. Their contribution by staying at home is enormous. And Jerry, I say this as a healthcare professional working in a hospital. And the, mo- you know, the fewer people that need to come to hospital with this, the better. So the over 70s out there really need to understand that their contribution to this is enormous. It mightn't feel that way because they're just staying at home, but it is a huge contribution for which the rest of us, and particularly healthcare workers, are so grateful eternally to them for making this sacrifice. Well said, Brendan. And just to, to give those figures, 80% get better with no treatment, 90%, 97% is actually the survival rate overall. Now, you also uh, allude to the fact that in the general population, um, simple behaviours, just a word on those, please, make massive difference in terms of people contracting COVID or not. Absolutely. Things like um, good hand hygiene, which is uh, frequent and vigorous washing of hands, coughing etiquette, that is not coughing or sneezing on top of other people, and maintaining a two-metre physical distance. These are astonishingly powerful methods. I mean, people are searching for treatments. The scientists are looking for vaccines, and these are all very, very important. But these other measures are even more powerful than those because these measures, the simple measures that we take, prevent people getting the illness in the first place. They prevent a need for treatment, a need for vaccines. And these, if everyone followed this advice 100%, the virus can be stopped in its tracks. We're already seeing the rate of growth of new cases start to slow down as everyone makes these enormous sacrifices to do this. And the sacrifices are huge, not just for the over 70s. You know, because of these measures and because of the virus, so many people have lost their jobs and face financial uncertainty. These are huge sacrifices, but they really, really have an impact. And these concrete, simple actions are especially important when we're talking with children, because anxiety can feel infinite to a child. So we need to be honest and tell children there is a problem with a new illness, but that simple activities hugely reduce the risk and help keep everyone safe, themselves, their parents, their grandparents. And then having explained this to the children, we march them off and they wash their hands just to demonstrate the difference that they too can make. Look, I wanted to just have a quick word with you today. I really love what you've done and I congratulate you again. And I want to tell listeners it's called Coping with Coronavirus. You can download it. It's an e-book. It'll only cost a euro and all the monies are going to help the front line as well. It's number one in Amazon today. And this book will help us all take care of our psychological health, which is so important at this time. I want to finish with a quote from you. You say, balancing the problems of today with the possibilities of tomorrow. I think that sums it up, Brendan. Yes, we, we, can, we cannot forget that we are very psychologically resilient and we will come through this, just like previous generations came through enormous adversity, be they world wars or whatever. 
we do have the powers to come through this. And I, I do appreciate the chance to talk about this and the book, which, as you say, is online. You can read it on a phone or a tablet or a computer or whatever. And uh, the royalties will indeed go to uh, charities assisting with this great effort. It's Nyart Lakela. Congratulations, Professor Brendan Kelly, and thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you very much. First up on today's show, I'm joined by somebody you're very familiar with. And at this time, I don't have to remind you, look at me today in my home. It's so important to be connected. And the man to help us along is Declan Bailey from Business Tech Help. Hello, Declan. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for taking our call. I want to start with this first. In hindsight, why didn't I buy shares in Zoom? (laughs) Everybody's asking that question. And do you know, actually, in October... Last October, shares were $75 in Zoom. Today, they're 150 Wow. <laughs> so if you put in 10 grand in October, you'd have 20 grand now. Oh, Declan. Oh, are they just marvellous in hindsight? Yeah. Well, look, at, t- tell our listeners, what is Zoom and why is it so important and why do people want into it at this time? Well, you know, I really don't know why it's become the real buzz thing at the minute, Zoom, because there are so many applications out there. For some reason, it's got huge traction. Um, that's the honest answer. I don't really know. It is a great app, obviously. Now, it was aimed at business because there is a monthly charge that you can go onto a monthly fee at the minute with the problem with everybody saying that it's 40-minute limit, so unless you pay 13 euros a month. But it's a fantastic app, up to 100 people, which is the big thing, so you can get volume. Now, again, I don't know with family and friends how many people you would actually be connecting to, but it can connect up to 100 Wow, that's a lot, a lot of people. Is it, it difficult is. to use? No, it's not that it's difficult to use. There is a little bit of setting up. But the first thing about any of these apps is a couple of things that you should do. Make sure your operating system, Android, Apple, whatever it is, is up to date. And then the app itself. If, for arguments, like I've been using Zoom for the last four to five years. So you must keep the app up to date. At the minute, Zoom's version is 4.6. So if you download it, make sure it's up to date. Any of these apps, make sure they're all up to date. Get the best quality out of them. Because at the minute now, all these apps have been updated nearly on a weekly basis because of the volume that's hitting the actual app. So just make sure it's updated. The bit of setup in initially, if you are going to be what they call the host, so you set it up yourself to connect to people, there's a few little things. The first thing that people seem to be not being able to figure out what is this coming up on the screen is when it says join with computer audio. So you have to click on that, and then it either selects the audio from your computer, so it's the inbuilt microphone, or if you have an external mic, or if you have a headset plugged into it, you can accept that as the microphone. So that's the first thing you have to do. And then the other thing is to control if your video starts up straight away when you're joining a meeting. So for argument's sake, if you are, let's say, contacting five or six friends, you can stop their video starting straight away. So they can join the meeting, but the video doesn't start straight away because, again, you can catch people off the hook. You know, there's loads of different things that it benefits not to have the video start straight away. Either the participant or you as the host can then activate the video. The other thing is you can mute everybody because, again, I had somebody ask me yesterday and they had 12 people on the call and everybody was speaking. So nobody could hear anything. So you can mute everybody as the host and then unmute people. So again, it's just a little bit of common sense with stuff. And the great thing as well, which you see all the time now, especially people on TV now that are calling in from either home or offices, the background, you can actually see people's houses, people's rooms. 
And if it's any way, you know, untidy or whatever it might be, you can choose a virtual background in Zoom for yourself. <laughs> I need that, Declan. Just click, on it. I yeah, just click on it and the virtual background will come up around you. I don't want you to see my room today. I'm a little bit disorganised, but anyway, that's, that's for another good. time. Anyway, yeah. Zoom is free. Yeah, it's free. It's free up to the, the 40 minute limit. And it's thirteen ninety nine a month. Okay, that's that's not so bad. Now, other ones I do know about FaceTime. Many, many yeah. people using FaceTime all the time, and it's a great one, isn't it, as well? It is a fantastic one. And like at the end of the day, it's like we used to be saying about the camera. The one that you have in your hand is the one that you, is the best one to have. So whatever device you're using, you know, the actual, the natural in-app on that device is the one you probably use the most. So FaceTime, the only other thing that people don't really know about FaceTime is that you can have up to 32 people on a FaceTime. Really? Yeah, 32. Now, I know, again, most people are connected to four to five, six people maybe, but up to 32 people. And it, it works very well, actually, because a lot of people will say to me, well, if you've got 10 people, so how are you going to see that on a small screen? If Johnny's talking to you, who's ever talking will come up front and centre on the screen. So it highlights that person. It's like a spotlight. So it mm. works extremely well. Yeah, it's wonderful. We use it regularly ourselves, I have to say, and especially at this time. Now, there are two from Google you want to talk about. Mm, what is mm. Google Duo? Yes, no, Google Duo. Everybody talks about Google Hangouts. So Google Duo is, again, the actual app that comes with the Google suite of apps. And you can get up to eight people on this at once. So, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, sure, how many people can I get on because I want to have be able to contact with family and friends. But eight people is a lot of people on a call. So Google, Google Duo is download free, sign in with your Gmail account and up to eight people on it. Google Hangouts then is really the same, but you can have up to 10 people on video with this one. Now there is a business version of it, have up to 25 people, but most people just be on the personal version, so up to 10 people. Now again, these things on this, your wife, and your 4G. So if you're out and about, whatever 4G you have. So there's no point things with one bar G. It's just going to be too hard to connect. And plus as well, whoever you are connecting to, decent Wi-Fi or decent 4G at the time. Because if you, if you don't, they're just going to drop out of the call. So always remember that. If you want to contact somebody, if most people are setting up meetings now. So let's say you're going to talk to family and friends. We'll all join at seven. Make sure everybody's in a good Wi-Fi area or you've got good 4G where you are. Okay, that is very important. I'm going to talk about that in a second. And then the other two to mention that are, I'm sure are quite familiar to people, WhatsApp. There are so many yeah. people using WhatsApp and Snapchat. Yeah. They're there as yeah. well as options. Yeah, the only thing with WhatsApp, it's up to four people. But again, it, it works very well on a mobile phone screen because four people, you know, it's diagonally, it looks very well. It's easy to tra trace four people on the screen. Again, down to the signal. Snapchat, you can have up to 16 people. And Snapchat will be very popular with young people. So up to 16 people with Snapchat. But again, it is down to the signal. Okay, very important to have a good signal. And talking about that signal, having strong Wi-Fi or 4G service, and um, mm. having your computer or your device close to the router and the Wi-Fi, a really good idea, yes? Yeah, it's not that it's the closer the better. Sometimes in a house, depending on how the house is built, you know, cement walls, cement floors, you might have a problem. But if you want the best connection to your computer with your Wi-Fi, is you plug it in. So from the router, if you, let's say, have a laptop, 
you get your DSL line and you plug it into the laptop. So that's feeding the Wi-Fi straight into the computer. Okay. So the internet DSL is going to be the strongest there. But yeah, try and be as near as you can to a router or those people have those extenders throughout houses now. So the hardwired version is by hardwired far the best. best rather than relying on the Wi-Fi. And I have to Wi-Fi. tell you, I'm talking to you today with my all my gear here hardwired with hardwired. a cable into yes. uh, the yeah. the uh, the box here, uh, which is not far from where I am. Mm. Now, yeah. um, at this time, business continuity, everybody's scrambling to make this yeah. happen. You have a wee story for us, because if listeners will recall, you came to us and we offered an option to a business out there and you built a website for Peter and the whole hogs business, Peter Wheeler. Mm. Uh, he's obviously in trouble at this time, but there is an answer. There is a solution. Tell us about it. Yeah, I suppose like everybody thinking outside the box now, they have to because you have to keep trading and you have to try and keep your business alive until this thing stops. But Peter, uh, it's almost the anniversary now when we built that website for him. So he came to me last week and said, obviously, everything is gone. The main thing with Peter was he did a lot of business in the Saturday market up in Fingers, the honest-to-goodness market. I think there was about 20 traders up there, and that's all closed now. But Peter said, obviously, he has the product out of his farm. So how am I going to sell it? Now, we did speak down through the year about putting him online, but obviously this brought it to the forefront. So we've set him up now on his website, thewholehogs.com, where you can click in and order his, I think he's got about 10 different products up there now at the minute. And what he's doing is, if you order it by 5 o'clock on Wednesday, he'll deliver it on Saturday to you. And he's covering Loud, Mead and Dublin in fairness to him. He's not charging for delivery. And, you know, Peter's products are great, but he's just trying to keep his clients and possibly new clients, but keep his clients that he has and that have supported him down through the years. Keep them happy. And he's gotten a fantastic response. I spoke to him this morning and we launched yesterday morning at 10 o'clock and he's over 25 orders now at the moment. Fantastic. It's a great yeah, story. It, it really is. And, and mm. that solution uh, is available to many businesses, Declan. Just not any business, that has, well, business. any business that has a food business. Now, obviously, yeah. you can sell anything online. It's, it's a different prospect if you want to sell, you know, let's say uh, clothes or something. It's just a different format. You can sell online through a different uh, concept. But what he, what we have done with him, is specifically for food ordering, takeaways, restaurants, any food business can order through this. But it's a lovely, neat little app. The main thing about this is, I know there's a lot of apps out there that you can hook your restaurant into and have a mobile menu. But they all charge some form of commission between 7 and 10%. This thing, there's no commission. There you are. If you're in business and in that area, Declan Bailey can help. Declan, leave it there today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure we'll be talking again shortly. Mind yourself, Jerry. Moving on, he's a writer who's travelled around the world, made multiple wonderful TV documentaries. And the last time I spoke to him, I think he was in Africa at the time. That was BC. BC, what am I talking about? Before COVID, he's written a brilliant article last weekend in the Irish Times magazine and he's on the line. Monacon McGann, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Jerry. Great to be on with you again. Ah, it's fantastic to have you near at home. Well, your words last time to me round where this would probably be one of my last long journeys. My word, how has the world turned on its head? Do you believe, Monacon, that there may be a silver bullet in this awful time we're going through? Um, I mean, hard as it is to imagine now that we're in the middle of it and we are basically imprisoned in our houses, that there might be 
it seems like we do forget, like, you know, I suppose before this, one of the big focuses in our lives were was climate change. And we were all doing our best to ignore it because it just seemed so impossible to overcome. Like there was, we knew that, yes, it seemed scientists were telling us that some elements of our industry, of our business, of our ways of life, life of our transport, of our aviation, were slowly killing the planet and were slowly, you know, um, making animals go extinct and polluting the air and the seas. But yet the very idea of stopping that was just an impossibility. None of us could have imagined any way of ever, of ever ending that. And, and the only way if you were to go back through the memory banks, through the, the history, to think when has there been a developed, modern, progressive, important, fast-going society that has come to a halt? It's been the Second World War. But mm. that's something that is only in Hollywood movies now or in history books. It wasn't something we could countenance until two weeks ago. And now, as I say, everything has changed. Now, basically, the world has stopped, possibly even to a greater degree than the Second World War. Like, in the Second World War, people weren't confined to their houses. Um, so now is more radical, where everything of the old world has stopped, and we're in this weird um, in-between zone, this, this hard, suffering, frightening in-between zone. But we know after that, there's going to have to be a new, a new normal, a new start. And... If the, if the threats of, of climate change that the scientists were, um, were, were telling us and the Intergovernmental Science Agency was telling us is true, and if that needs to be changed, then this might be the ideal time, the ideal period to make that transition afterwards to a world that is both equitable and climate neutral, which would mean that our children and our grandchildren would actually have a future. So at the moment we're fighting for the lives of our, the elder in our community. And the potential is that actually what could come from this is the seeds of change that will help our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. Now, like that's such enormous thinking, it's hard for me even to get my head around it. Mm, yeah, but it, it is a, a valid point and one that we should ponder as well at this time. As you said at the weekend in, in your, your wonderful piece, who'd have ever thought that the massive corporations, the financial markets, aviation, petrochemical industry, government, etc. Well, the government are playing a blinder, I have to say, in most countries at the moment, uh, would, would be stopped in their tracks. And you know this thing, never-ending productivity, consumption, growth, growth, growth all of a sudden it's off the table and we have to form a new paradigm and this you believe will perhaps facilitate a planet for the future for future generations yeah but, I mean, potentially you know so that I, do, I write this column in the Irish Times every second week called one change and yes. the idea was that it was going to be making little changes that we could make because it seemed that our governments weren't weren't making those changes and probably because they weren't capable we would have thought because they were reliant on businesses and corporations as you said and they were demanding that push forward so it seemed for those of us who were sort of concerned about the environment we just thought okay the government can't make those changes because they're reliant on the banks and the corporations and they need productivity to even be to even to be loyal to their shareholders who demand increased profits every year so we thought okay well as a sort of a um as a, instead of that happening, as a proxy for that happening, we would make individual changes and it would sort of alleviate our guilt. But now, in, as I said, in the course of two weeks, people have made changes that are just unimaginable. We've basically stopped flying. We've stopped our holidays. We've stopped everything that we were doing. Um, and now, if, if, you know, if, the one, if the idea of the One Change article to make little changes, now all of us are making myriad changes. And we're thinking, actually, that, that impregnable force, as you say, of those, that carbon-hungry industries and the corporations that, that controlled every element of our lives actually have been stopped. 
and mm. and it's up to all of us because you know they will require massive bailouts to return to normal the the only way they're going to come out of this is if we support them and then maybe it's up to us to um to 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 to, to dictate or at least suggest the the way that we want that normal to continue whether we want it to continue in that as you say that constantly avaricious way of devouring every resource that's in front of us or is there a way, a more balanced way that we can still live, we still live well and live fruitful, sort of productive lives, but actually maybe not not destroy the or the futures of yeah. the next generation? I think a lot of people will concur with your thoughts and 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 the way you're suggesting to us today we should proceed. But here's the big question, and I'll ask you this before we wrap up: Have we the politicians and the leaders and the political will to lay down those provisos or conditions? on helping the world get back on its feet. We had become so disillusioned with our politicians up until this event. All of us felt they were just in it for themselves, that they were in the control of big government or big corporations, and they they were completely self-interested and selfish. And yet all of us have had to reassess our our take on on the leaders of our country in this time. So, you know, maybe a month ago, I would have said not a chance in hell. Now when I'm seeing their selflessness, um, and their ability to get the impossible done in very short amounts of time. I believe that if they were to, to put the same focus that they're now doing to fighting this, this uh, virus, that yes, it is, it is possible. Because it's not only them, it's every single individual, every single corporation and business is backing up the government in this, in, in fighting the COVID-19. And that is what it requires. And with that, with that same force, yes, then making a successful, fruitful um, society which isn't devouring carbon is actually probably pretty possible at the moment. I love what you write and keep on doing it and I'll tell people again every second week in the Irish Times Saturday it's a wonderful wonderful co- column and it really is food for thought but I love the way you're thinking and please God this massive change will happen beyond this. Monica, I'll talk to you again soon thank you so much for taking thank your call. Thank you so much son. Not at all. Bye-bye. Monacan McGann there speaking to me. We've spoken about it a number of times over the years, and my word, has it come into focus this last month or so. I'm talking about making a will, and we're going to talk to talents today by phone, and I'm joined on the line by solicitor Deirdre Moran. Hello, Deirdre. Hi, Jerry. It's uh, strange not to be sitting opposite you. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you, it's strange to be sitting where I'm sitting today, looking at a big stuffed uh, panda here in front of me just to keep me company. But anyway, that's for another day. Deirdre, thank you for joining us on on a very serious and very uh, prominent matter at this time. Deirdre, just before we get into the nuances of uh, the will making, etc., I want to go straight to this point because this is what people are asking us already with you coming on the show with me and the process has changed so with people not able to visit you in the practice there in Talons what's the drill? Okay well they can actually visit us uh, at the office but the protocols that have been put in place are now very strict so I'll just take you through them this is a recommendation from the Law Society as of today but we were actually ahead of the game in this What we are doing in relation to the making of wills is we're facilitating people by having consultations over the phone. Normally, you would sit opposite them in a room and take notes with them there. But obviously, we have to be very careful for their safety and the safety of our staff. 
So we are now facilitating our clients by telephoning them and taking the will instructions over the phone. To help us with this, we've prepared a will instruction sheet. And I don't know, Jerry, whether you got to see a copy of our will instruction sheet. Um, it's very comprehensive and it helps people concentrate their minds on what they have to do to prepare for making their will. Mm. So what we will do is we'll send it out to them in the post. Uh, they'll go through it. Uh, we'll arrange a telephone consultation and it will be exactly the same as if they came into the office except over the phone. And Deirdre, tell me this, would you email it either? If, if there's a facility to email oh, that, absolutely. is that an option? Yeah. Absolutely, but uh, possibly elderly people may not have yeah. those facilities, so we'll post it out in those circumstances. Okay. We'll go through uh, the, uh, the checklist with them in detail, and from that we'll take the instructions uh, for their will. We'll draft it up, uh, we'll send it out to them in, by email again or post, whichever is uh, the preferred option for them. We'll ask them to go through it at home, make sure that it is correct. And if there are any amendments, to immediately ring and our staff will make those changes. Then what we're asking them to do is not just pop into the office or ring the doorbell, as has happened, but to make a dedicated appointment. And again, this is for their safety and the safety of the staff. In those circumstances where we have a dedicated appointment arranged, we have a secure area uh, at our door and we have a table there that is being disinfected after every use. So when the person comes in, we'll be standing, uh, the two witnesses, at uh, the two metre distance from them. They will be offered sanitizers and gloves, whichever is their preference. I understand some people prefer the sanitizer as there is concern that gloves can carry the, the virus also. They will bring their own pen. We'll ask them to do that in advance. Uh, other than that, we sanitize the pens. Uh, so any pens that would be handed over would be sanitized. Uh, the pens that we use ourselves are sanitized and we wear gloves. So they will, we'll show them where to sign the will and they will sign it with us at the two metre distance. We will then witness the will and we will post them out a copy of the signed will. So what we're doing in effect is minimising their time in the office and therefore their exposure or possible exposure uh, to any problems. Okay, so that's well covered off there. Now, I put myself in the scenario of somebody who's cocooning today and listening to us and feels that their will hasn't been updated or perhaps they haven't even got a will. What can you do for people like that who can't get to your office? Indeed, and there's a lot of people in that situation at the moment and the government has asked for anyone over 70 to cocoon themselves. And I'm sure it's a big concern to them as to whether they've got their affairs in order. So again, uh, the protocol is very strict and we're following the guidelines from the Law Society in this regard. We can go out to their house, but in doing so, we, the solicitor and the witness from our office, will travel separately in two separate cars. That's for the safety of the staff again. We will go to the person's house. We will ask them to go to their front window where we can see them and they can see us. We'll post the will in through the letterbox. 
they will take it and sign it at the window in front of us so that the, myself and the witness can see the will being executed. So this is in compliance with the legislation. In the alternative, they can have a neighbour be the witness, but again, they will stand outside the window at a safe distance from the staff member or, uh, that has attended. Mm. The will will then be handed back out. Uh, obviously, we'll be wearing gloves as well, and we will take the will back to the office. There is an all, another alternative to that, is if they wish to be in their car, they can sign the will on the dashboard of their car, hand it out to us, we will sign it on the bonnet and witness it, and then again take it to the office for safekeeping and send a photocopy to them. So the message is today, you can still make a will, the means and ways are there. There's one exception, I think, isn't there? Anybody in a nursing home, you just can't go there at the moment. Well, that is a difficulty, and it has been discussed uh, both in webinars with other solicitors and with the Law Society. The problem with it, Jerry, is that not just nursing homes, but a lot of the hospitals are not allowing people in. Mm. So if you can't go in, you can't bring the will to them. Even if you manage to get the will in, the problem is that nursing home staff and uh, hospital staff have regulations whereby they are not allowed to witness wills. So you would have to get permission from the hospital to allow you in in the first place. And then you've got a second problem in that you are bringing a staff member from your office possibly into an environment where there might be COVID-19. Uh, and you have to be concerned for the health and safety of your staff also. A way around that would be if the person themselves could organise a witness, obviously, other than the medical staff, to come to the hospital. But it's all dependent on the hospital or nursing home allowing this to happen. Okay, so that's really good information for everybody today. Now, we haven't got a lot of time, uh, another few moments, and I just want to talk to you about this for a moment. If I don't make a will and I die intestate, this causes and can cause endless problems, Deirdre. Well, I think as we said before on the occasions that we've talked about this topic, the will is the last thing that you will say to anyone and to the world. And if you don't make a will then what you want to say in terms of your assets and uh, your uh, other uh, jewellery or whatever it is that you have to leave is not reflected. The world doesn't know about it. So the rules of intestacy take over. And it may be that the rules of intestacy are not what you wanted to happen. So in other words, there's a set of rules there that will apply if you don't have a will and your wishes uh, beyond your time on this earth will not be carried through. That's a clear message today. It is so important for everybody. Of Once you have, I just wanted to say this, once you have property or you own, you know, something, you have assets here, you should have a will, Deirdre. Once you're over 18 and you own property or you have young children, you should make a will. Because in the circumstances where you have young children, again, if you don't provide as to who they are going to live with 
in the event of your death, will then, if there is, are no guardians appointed uh, by your will and there is no other parent to take your children, well, then there is the possibility they might be taken into care. Mm. Or they might be sent to a relative that you didn't want them to live with. So you can address all of this in your will by appointing testamentary guardians. Also, children under the age of 18 cannot inherit property directly. So again, you should have a will setting out who the trustees are, two people who you trust and the word implies that, that will look after the financial affairs of your children in the event of your death. If you and don't do so and you die intestate, well then what relatives are still alive have to make that decision. And they may not choose the people that you would have chosen. Yes, so it's really important for people, even at an early, quite early stage in life, to make sure that you have a will. Last point, I have to go in, a, in just a moment. Um, if you've made a will many moons ago, say your children were young and you had guardians and they've now grown up and perhaps have children of their own, you have grandchildren, it's important to say as well, you should revisit your will. Yes, you should revisit your will on a regular basis as circumstances change in your life. And a will speaks from death. In effect, you could be coming into your solicitor every day and changing your will. But there's no need to do that on no, a practical no sense, you know, as, in, you know. In, in effect, your will speaks from death. So it is the last will that you make that is the relevant one. And you should be planning properly and every couple of years reviewing your will. Deirdre, fantastic. And I just want to tell people, Talons are open for business. You can check them out online, Talons, T-A-L-L-A-N-S dot I-E and the Drogheda number 041-983-8708. That's 041-983-8708 or at Ashburn 01-835-2027. That's 835-2027 with the 01 prefix. Deirdre, fantastic. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Thank you for joining me. Okay, bye. Deirdre Moran there, uh, solicitor with Talents talking to Talents about will making very important on late lunch this afternoon. We first met my next guest many moons ago. Sorry for that shocking pun when she told us of her dream to become Ireland's first space explorer. Yes, the dream lives on and is now chronicled in our brand new book, aptly named Dream Big. She's on the line, Dr. Neve Shaw. Good afternoon. Hello, Jerry. How are you? Lovely to speak to you again. And you too. I was thinking back to 2015 when we spoke first. God, that's a few years ago now, isn't it, Neve? And you were telling me, you know what I mean, what your plans were and what you were going to do. It began then, really, didn't it, when you went to NASA, was it, 2015? Went to the um, International Space University Space Studies Programme. That kind of, everything kind of changed after that. That, that was in America and it was created in partnership with NASA, but it, it, it's run out of the Space University in Strasbourg. Yeah, like doors just opened really because I had access to the world stage of people working in the space sector and they really liked the fact that I was coming at space with this mindset of somebody who's a performer and a writer and really wanted to share the human message of space. So it's just gone from strength to strength there and I think my confidence really and my self-belief in, in what I'm doing and the value of it, I think that's what's changed over the years and become uh, more embedded in what I'm trying to do. 
Beyond 2015, oh, I so remember when you told me about the Utah desert and you on that oh, yeah. simulated Mars mission as well. <laughs> and then after that, off you go to the other side, so to speak. You're in Kazakhstan, weren't you, where a Soyuz crew went into space and came back. You were there for all that as well. But here's yeah. my question to you today. This dream of yours, mm. what, are, are you confident that someday you will as citizen dr neve shaw go into space yeah well i have to you know gary i mean it's 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 what i it's what i'm aiming towards so everything is about achieving that so um all the communications that i do all the events that i do for science week and space week in ireland and the uk and all the talks that i give it's all about that it's all about sharing this need to have a purpose and to feel that all the different things that I've I've spent time on over the years, that they can all come together. And this is how I can be- make best use of that. So the idea for me is to continue to communicate and share the message about, um, you know, our curiosity and, and being confident about finding what we're most curious about and letting that lead us in our lives if we if we're able to do that um, because that's really the life that I'm leading and it's to kind of defy why we say in our heads that some things are impossible or why we say in our heads I'm too old for that or I don't have the right qualifications for that sure I wouldn't be able to do that that's a massive part of why I'm trying to do what I do so it's as much about the journey as it is about the the final destination, if you know what I mean. So if I was just like devoting the rest of my life to, I have to get to space, I have to get to space, I think I'd miss the point. And the point is to learn more about myself and also about that to do something takes tenacity and passion and sacrifice and to be okay with those decisions that you make in your life. And so I hope that what I'm trying to do isn't just um, something that people who are interested in space um, will connect with. I, I really wanted to be a story about an everyday average person who is trying to do something impossible with their lives so that I would hope that everybody would have confidence then to, if there's something that they didn't, that they haven't yet done or that they regret they didn't do, that, that maybe they'd see me and go, sure, she's doing something mental. I can do that as well. So it's very important that the communication of what I'm doing is, it's vital really. So getting to space is the culmination of the work, but the work is the years of communication around the world about my dream to go to space, but also about that notion of what are you most curious about? Are you happy with your life? Are you sure you're doing what you want with your life? Well, the book chronicles brilliantly, may I say, this journey of yours and all the milestones as well uh, along the way. God, I'm just thinking about, you know, going up there and looking back in on Earth today and, you know, all the different countries and races and creeds. And I know you talk a bit about it as well. It counts for nothing, does it, Neve, in the current situation, really? Well, it's about perception, really. I think think we, we limit ourselves based on our perception of ourselves and yeah. the rules that we believe define who we are allowed to be. And and a lot of my um, self-discovery has been about realising that, that they're, my, they're the limits that I set myself. There are no limits. And similarly, we tend to think about people in terms of groups or communities or countries or warring factions. And then you have something like this, like the pandemic, which obliterates all of those perceptions because it reminds us that we're all in this together 
And this pandemic has affected every single one of us, regardless of country or creed or community or age or ethnicity. And that is the thing about space that I find um, is very strongly connected with that. Um, Because once you leave Earth and you see the whole planet in its entirety, you can't see those divisions either. You realise that we're just really lucky to be alive and life is about the human connections that you make and making sure that you leave your mark on the world so the next generation that comes, you know, behind you, they will have benefited from something that you've given to them in making their life simpler or easier or better or more generous or or whatever. So I think what I've always loved about space is that it really does connect with a philosophy for life that um, we're so much stronger when we work together and nothing is possible on our own. You know, so you, you can want to do something, but without kind of drawing a team in around you, it'll never happen. And we have done some incredible and really impossible things in space exploration. And that has come about from a united will and a shared passion by people who are curious and are specialised and who are all working together to make that happen. And I think that that's, that's also something that's very, very relevant to today as well. Mm. You're inspiring me sitting here, <laughs> hanging on every word, I have to say, <laughs> Neve Shaw. The, 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 the words you mentioned there, you know, like today and, and, and the situation that we're in, and curiosity was a word I picked up and that you said there a moment ago. You know you are a successful scientist. Uh, I remind people this lady appeared in Fair City, and Fair City has a huge following, I know, out there. And you decided at an age to go after this dream. Is it that thing is it that is it the curiosity that drove this yeah i think it's 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 about feeling um that i i do something of value with my life and that i have to feel committed to everything that i'm a part of so i love being a part of fair city but i i really didn't feel that it was using my skills to my best use because my science brain never went away and I loved acting but I did miss science as well so I had to find my own way of bringing those two parts of my brain together the creative part the performative part and also the scientific and logistical part of my brain and something that I feel bisects both of those areas is is space because it is very inspirational and philosophical but it's also very technical and scientific and I think it's a topic of science that regardless of what your relationship is with science, space seems to um, be curious to most people. Everybody has looked up in the night sky and seen the moon. Everybody understands that we're a sun and we're a planet. And children don't need to be told much about it. You you walk into a classroom and you talk about space and the questions just start to come. And Mm. I find it the same with adults. The only difference is is that adults feel... um, that sometimes they believe that space or science isn't for them because somewhere along the way the confidence was knocked out of them. But space is a great way to bring them back to whatever it is that they're curious about. And so it is the perfect vehicle to talk about um, the bigger social um, issues about us as a species and also about the bigger philosophical questions about life and also science at the same time. You know, So I want to bring a human approach to science and space to be vulnerable in all that and so that people will feel safer asking me questions that they that they think that they're stupid questions or that they would, they'd be afraid to ask, um, you know, a respected professor or something like that. I want them to mm. feel that they, that they understand 
my dream and passion, but also they understand what space is like as an industry and the science behind it because Neve is living through it and she's showing us in a very practical way what all that means. And then the questions come and that's curiosity. Ah, listen, you must question in life. Well, you know, people are at home, Neve, at the moment Mm -hmm. and they're looking for books to read. I want to tell them, get this book, Dream Big, because it will inspire you and it will... uh, you know, get something going in your mind to think about you and your own situation and your life and the dreams that you have. It's available online, Dream Big. It's published by Mercier Press and, of course, it will be all over the place when eventually our shops reopen. I want to congratulate you on it. And just before I leave you, I want to say this. I never knew Tom Shaw was such a good-looking fella until I got this book and saw that picture back in 1981. And I'll tell you, your mother was a looker as well. That's for sure. <laughs> Neve, listen, I want to say hello to them today because they are fantastic people. And I know where you get this curiosity and brilliance from, from your parents. Thank you for joining me on the show. Wish you well with the book, Neve. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's uh, Neve Shaw. Dream Big is the name of the book. It's fantastic, folks. I highly recommend it to you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.